I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks, and I'm joined by the Wayne Rooney to my Mickey Rooney. It's Justin Peach. Good day to you, Ryan. Justin Peach, the first episode of the Second Tier Podcast in 2024. How was your New Year's? It was was fantastic. It was spent drinking uh, a little bit of limoncello, playing some board games and... That's about it, really. It wasn't particularly spectacular. Watched Hook. It's a classic. It's a classic. You got to watch mm-hmm. it, but maybe not on New Year's. That's really it, to be honest. It's not exciting, but I think I think New Year's is a completely overrated uh, evening nowadays. Justin, I could not agree more with that statement. It's when you go out, it's absolutely packed. So there's just no point. Just stay at home. I had a massive Chinese. It was beautiful. Watched Armageddon. What a wow. film. Um, oh it's great, great stuff to mark uh, the new year. I do want to add is I was um, I did find out a couple of years ago actually, so it's not new news for me. But finding out that Jules Holland's Hootenanny is recorded before New Year's and not actually live is like finding out wrestling is isn't real. So it's, it's real. No, yeah, well, scripted. You know, yeah, okay, it's a fine line. Um, so that was that was um, that was disappointing. So it takes the gloss off New Year's once again for me. Okay, well, that's good to know. Thank you for thank you for that fantastic anecdote. Welcome to the Number One Championship <laughs> Podcast, the second tier. Thank you for joining us wherever you are. Yes, we've had the first round of games of 2024 in the Championship. So let's have a chat about them, shall we? We'll talk about the promotion race first of all, and then we'll talk about the relegation battle, who we think is going to go down. Justin and I are going to make a couple of predictions later on in the show. Uh, and then we'll talk about the rest of the teams, including those aiming for the playoffs. So let's kick things off with Leeds 3 Birmingham nil, a result which only piles the pressure on Wayne Rooney, which we will get on to shortly, but a great way for Leeds to bounce back after a bit of a dry spell. They had just got four points from 15 prior to this, so three points was desperately needed and it ended up being very comfortable in the end, didn't it? Yeah, they were in cruise control leads. I know they gave away a couple of chances that Birmingham should have really capitalised on, but what team isn't going to get a chance against his lead side? Because they do play open, an open style of play. Um, but yeah, it was a really good performance. And I think I was quite impressed with Patrick Bamford leading the line as well. I'll criticise him a lot and sometimes even make fun of him for missing chances. But him being in the position he was for that Dan James cross, I think Leeds have missed that. They've missed that number nine figure um, just to be able to swing the ball into the box. Really simple way of playing football, but sometimes you do you do miss it. So Bamford getting on the end of that was was massive for for him and, and probably massive for Leeds because it's his first goal of the season so if he can kick start this it'll be a, a big one for Leeds and Leeds need points need consistency need goals yeah well the, we've been giving them plenty of stick haven't they when they haven't been playing very well recently so it's only right we give them praise when they win a game as comfortably as this and I think for me this is 
an example of why they don't need to strengthen in January. They probably will do anyway, but the squad is more than strong enough to get promoted. Just in why you pull in that face. I just, I, I do think they need one or two. I, I really do think they are missing that that number ten, that new, that link, that that yeah, player yeah. can knit things together in the final third. I know what you're saying, but they don't <laughs> need to strengthen, do they? When you've got a squad that has the likes of Crescencio, Somerville, Jorginho, Ruta, etc., they don't need to strengthen, do they? You need to remember what the definition of the word need is. Yeah, but for me, they do need to strengthen to be able to get into the Premier League because they need to be in the Premier League because this squad is just too... Yes, Justin, they do need to be in the Premier League, but they don't need to strengthen because the, the big issue for Leeds so far has been the inconsistency, hasn't it? And yeah. Daniel Farker needing to come up with an alternative game plan when things aren't working out. And I think that the fingers really need to be pointed at him in that regard. And he needs to not be so afraid to rotate players more. That's all that needs to be sorted out in my view. <laughs> right, enough of this need nonsense. I do I do agree. I do agree that Farker needs to sort it out, but I don't think he's got the right tools at his disposal. I said in the last episode oh, that... Justin, that's ridiculous. No, 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 no. Okay, not tools. Tool. A certain type of player to come in and, and break those teams down because I don't think they've got an issue of creating chances in games even when they're losing they just they struggle to really break down teams who do play that low block now Birmingham are a completely hopeless outfit so it's very difficult to assess them <laughs> based on on this game um, but we've seen in the last few games that if you do play a low block make it awkward for Leeds they're going to struggle so so for me if they can get in that number 10 Fabio Carvalho has been rumoured to be linked with several clubs if he's available for loan you go out and get him and he's going to he's going to be the you know, but a zest that a team needs to get promotion. Well, they stay fourth with this result. Seven points off Ipswich, four behind Southampton. Is worth saying, by the way, Leeds have got a kind run of games coming up. So they need to make sure that sticky patch is well and truly behind them if they are going to stay within that race for the top two. But pretty much a walk in the park for Leeds. And that is one of the reasons why Birmingham fans were not very happy at all during this game. There were loud chants from Blues fans of Rooney, time to go, and Wayne Rooney get out of our club. Then afterwards, when he went to clap the fans, he got very loudly booed. It's 10 points from an available 45 under Rooney. Justin, this has got to end, hasn't it? It's never going to end. This is it. This is life now for Birmingham City. He's going to stay at the helm until the very end. Until the very end. And what, what I mean by the end is when AI take over and destroy the world because of that. Wayne Rooney's not going anywhere while Gary Cook is in charge of Birmingham City. Um, the team is completely hopeless. I alluded to it just before getting on to this. Rooney's record as Birmingham manager. Actually, no, Rooney's record as a manager speaks for itself because his only good season as a manager, by the way, ended in relegation. I know there were circumstances surrounding it, but the crux of it is it ended in relegation. It is plain and simple. Um, and, the, and the squad's not playing to its strengths as it was under John Eustace. And even the key metrics you want to assess them by such as possession, shots, shots on target, keeping shots out, they're worse off now than they were under John Eustace. So this factor of no-fear football doesn't exist. And I think the scariest thought for me is Wayne Rooney wanting more players to add to this team. Now, I don't think Birmingham need to add too many players. I just think they need a new manager. It's as simple. I, I, that, is the, that is the plain and simple point of it. The squad is good enough to compete mid-table, and that's what Birmingham should be aiming for. But Rooney's not a mid-table manager. Simple. Well, you're not wrong, Justin. This has been a shambles from the very start. And 
the results have been awful. He's only got one more point after 15 games than Gianfranco Zola did in his disastrous reign at Birmingham. And if there was a bit of encouragement from the performances, I might let him off and say, give him time. But th- there isn't. Uh, I don't know what the game plan is. It's certainly not no fear football. The performance levels from a team which were fifth when Rooney has taken over um, have astronomically dropped off. And it just can't continue. The concerning thing is reports from last week or the last week or so indicates that the Birmingham hierarchy aren't considering a change yet. What further evidence do they need that this experiment hasn't worked? It's been an omni-shambles. And I've been sticking to my guns that it will be three of the current bottom four who go down. But the longer this goes on, the more I may have to consider changing my mind on that particular shout because this is relegation form. In fact, they've picked up the fewest points in the league since he came in. So it's even worse than relegation form. It's literally bottom of the table form. Hang on. They've won less points than Rotherham. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> they actually have, Justin. That's how bad this is. Um, uh, but you, you are right. that It's the, it's the, you know, the intricacies behind the scenes which are making us question whether Rooney will get sacked because of his relationship with Gary Cook, the chief exec. And, but surely even that can't stand in the way of this needing to change. It's a results game. It's a results business, isn't it? Football. And if you're not getting results, you're under pressure. Um, but Rooney doesn't speak like a man who's under pressure at all. It's, it's quite bizarre, really. I know he's under pressure in terms of results um, or the impact of the results. But he's, you know, he's coming in post game. Earlier on in the week, he was saying that he, you know, he could have changed his whole his whole team, and now he's saying he needs more players. It's quite frankly astonishing that he's coming out and saying that when there was not a lot wrong uh, within the club, within the squad when John Eustace was in charge. What's the key difference? What's the key variable here? It's Wayne Rooney. It is Wayne Rooney. And and, and to be honest with you, I'm going to go back to his Derby spell here and everyone said, well, they, they nearly stayed up. There were circumstances surrounding Derby that got more out of the players than, than any manager could have. You know, Neil Warnock did it with Crystal Palace years ago um, when, when they were in administration it can happen administration does things to, to a football club and that was a factor that playing into to Wayne Rooney's um, in Wayne Rooney's favour in a weird way um, so for me any any thought of him being a good manager a respectful manager it doesn't exist it doesn't exist you're not going to give him a bit of credit? no okay fair enough then <laughs> yeah it's uh, as, a, as a wise man once said um, to Another wise man. This can't go on, can it? And then that wise man responded, it can. Um, And I I feel like that may be the case for Birmingham City. So something needs to change sooner rather than later. Uh, Let's quickly go through the rest of the promotion race. Justin and Ipswich dropped points again. They drew 0-0 away at Stoke. Back-to-back goalless draws for Ipswich. They've gone from scoring loads and conceding plenty to just no goals at all in their games. It is no win in five for them now. The Ipswich are going up tractor is suffering its first real rough patch. How worried should we be, Justin? I wouldn't be worried just yet. I know I've been a little bit critical of Ipswich in recent weeks, but I think it's just a symptom of the quality they've got in terms of their squad depth. McKenna's got a lot of injuries. You know, George Hurst is going to be out for a while. They're going to need to bring players in. Freddie Ladapo, is he really the answer to George Hurst? Is he, re- oh, sorry, the replacement, Caden Jackson as well? Probably not. They're probably League One standard players and, and you're seeing that. So I think McKenna's maybe had to adjust things a little bit. That's meant, you know, he's, turn- he's turned the taps a little bit. They tightened up a little bit at the back as well. I mean, they are still conceding chances, but not conceding goals, which is a bonus. Yeah, well, George Hurst is a big mess, isn't he? Because 
he, he's going to miss the rest, uh, well, not the rest of the season, but nearly the rest of the yeah. season. Um, so that's a huge blow. Leif Davis has missed the last couple of games and is obviously an integral player, as we've said every single week. Axel Transabi was asked to fill in at right back against Stoke. So it's not ideal. They've had a couple of games which really highlighted their need to strengthen in January. And if they want to capitalise on this unbelievable start, they absolutely 100% need at least one striker in January, maybe two. Jay Stansfield at Birmingham has been mentioned. Uh, they need to strengthen as well, depending on who else is available. But as far as their form con is concerned, I am somewhat worried because their fluency in attack has been lacking compared to what we've been used to recently with Ipswich. But they've got a bit of time before the next league game, which should that stand them in good stead by the time that comes around with regards to players coming in and maybe also strengthening in January as well. Is that fair, Justin? Yeah, I think that's fair. It's almost a good time to be out of form. You've done so well early, you know, in the first half of the season. You've had a bit of a bumper patch over Christmas, but you've not lost your last two games. You've kept two clean sheets. It's good foundations. But you're going into January where you can fix the issues you've got. There are worse times to hit a bad run of form. You hit your bad run of form in March, April time when there's a lot of games and you're in the business end of the season. It's crap. You can alleviate those stresses now. Um, and we need to bear in mind as well that this time last season, Ipswich had a similar uh, a similar flurry with a, a bad run of form around New Year, wasn't it? And they went in the second half of the season, they were a freight train, a runaway freight train. They were incredible. So not going to rule that out either. Yeah, I think that's absolutely fair. Well, Ipswich stays second and Southampton failed to capitalise this time on another Ipswich slip-up. They could only draw one all away at Norwich. Wilson Martin's side are still unbeaten in 18. Only three teams in Championship history have gone 23 games or more unbeaten. You look at their next five fixtures, quite difficult to see where they lose in that time. So completely fathomable that they do just that. Southampton State third, three points behind Ipswich. Quick word on Norwich, Justin, because there was a gigantic boost for them in this game. The return of Josh Sargent, who scored the equaliser here, and he could not come back soon enough, could he? My goodness, yeah, they've needed him. He's, he's, he had so much quality as a striker for Norwich, not only in his finishing his quality in the final third but also his runs his timing of his runs it's going to give a lot of well it's going to give Wagner a lot of options going forwards that being said is, is can Wagner really release the shackles of the attacking potential of this side not sure but that's not to say he should be should be sacked anytime soon but Josh Sargent will certainly certainly make things better for Norwich well I think it says a lot that Russell Martin commented after the game that it was the flattest atmosphere he's ever seen at Norwich him of himself of course being yeah. a former Norwich captain and the moment that by far stirred the biggest reaction from Norwich fans was Sargent coming on as a sub. And he just offers so much for them, not just in terms of a goal-scoring threat, but also in terms of stretching defences, holding onto the ball, creating chances as well. Without him, Norwich are very reliant on Gabriel Sara going forward. Mm. So they've badly needed him back. And this is a huge, huge boost for them. And you know what? They're, they're still in reach of the top six. I would consider that quite a long shot, but Sargent coming back certainly gives them a, a much bigger chance of, you know, getting yeah. anywhere near the top six. A brace from Tom Cannon saw Leicester cruise past Huddersfield 4-1. Leicester were able to rest Kidd and Dewsbury Hall for this one and didn't have Wilfred Ndidi, but it was still very convincing. They also didn't have Jamie Vardy, Kelechi Iheanacho or Pats and Daka. You know, three strikers who are, are you know, 
quite well paid. Um, we'll, we'll put it that way. Um, so it's always good that they had their £7.5 million signing from the summer waiting in the wings to make his first start of the season. And so he could score twice. Ridiculous, really, isn't it? How much depth they've got. But Leicester now 10 points clear at the top of the championship. 65 points from an available 78. It's the joint biggest points tally at this stage of a championship season. And Justin, I think we've got to open that can of worms, haven't we? The points record, because they're going up, aren't they? That's <laughs> nailed on now at this stage. They're almost certainly winning the league. It would be quite remarkable if they didn't win the league at this stage. 106 points is the most ever in championship history. That was by Reading in 2005-06. Leicester can afford to drop 18 points between now and the end of the season, and they would still break that record. They've only dropped 13 points all season and we're more than halfway through. So what are we saying? Will they do it? I think if there's ever going to be a team to do it, it's going to be a lesser side. We saw it a little bit with Fulham a few years ago, didn't we? But they, they stumbled quite heftily um, and were a lot more defensively susceptible than this lesser side. Um, I think for me, Leicester let's, let's assess them at the end of January. I think January is going to be uh, yeah, quite a big month uh, in a sense that they've got a lot of players going to, to Afghan, Dhaka, Ihianacho, and obviously Indeedy. I think Indeedy's the big miss, although this game's not anything to go by because they didn't miss him at all against Huddersfield. But um, you know, they are playing against a team who are. You know, short of quality to say you know, to say the very least um, but for me I think yeah it's going to be the, the biggest blow is, is missing Ndidi not sure there's a player like him in the championship so it'll be interesting to see how Mareska deals with that challenge um, but if there's going to be a team to do it it's going to be this one because you, you went through the, the players that are arrested they are packed full of quality yeah, and I think we should apologise to Reading fans because we seem to do this every season, don't they? We did it with Burnley last season, uh, Fulham the season before, and Reading fans are very protective over that points record. But this has got to be the most in danger it's been. The fact that Leicester are level with what Reading had at this stage says a lot. And it's worth remembering, Reading drew quite a lot of their remaining games after this point. Eight from 20 um, games they drew. Um, in that particular season. And look, we're talking about a Leicester team who have won 21 from 26. They're just clearly too strong for the league. And the scary thing is they're looking to strengthen in January. Mm -hmm. Fabio Carvalho from Liverpool has been linked recently. It's like, come on, lads, do you, do you really need him? <laughs> so Yeah, piss off Leicester. Come yeah, on. just not fair. Come on, just, just give everyone else a chance and just stick with the squad you've got for the rest of the season. Maybe lose a couple as well. Um, so yeah, as things stand, they're well on course to not just beat the points record, but absolutely obliterate it just because just of how things stand now, Justin. And there's the curse, ladies and gentlemen. Leicester have been cursed. No points record for you, Foxes. Yeah. Ryan has called it. Ryan has called it. And uh, and frankly, that's it now. We're calling time in it. Yeah, it, I, I may have just cursed it, but I mean, they would have quite a big drop-off if they even just matched the points record, wouldn't they, considering how they've done in the first 25, 26 games of the season, wouldn't they? Yeah, and I think the scary thing is... We, we, keep saying it almost every week still not seen the best of Leicester I still don't think we've seen the very very best of Leicester I think, which is we, remarkable. I think recently Justin we, we've started to see the best I think earlier in the season you could say they were still getting results despite not getting out of second or third gear I think now we are starting to see Leicester at top gear aren't we okay I still think we're getting glimpses I, I want full throttle Leicester side foot 
foot, you know, team in fifth, sixth gear, whichever car you've got, foot right down to the floor. That's what I want to see. We might not get it because I think I don't think they need to do it. But once you know, once they hit their stride, they, I still don't think they hit their stride. They're going to be even better. Um, so it's it's quite a remarkable position to be in. Back to back losses for Huddersfield and Darren Moore. The second time that's happened this season. They remain twenty first, but their points cushion on the bottom three has been cut down. That's after Sheffield Wednesday beats Hull three one. Sheffield Wednesday. They're on a roll, aren't they? Under Danny Rule and Hull were down to 10 men for nearly two thirds of the game after a straight red for Tyler Morton, which simply wasn't a red card, was it, Justin? No, it's hard to disagree. It did, it did look a little bit naughty at first, but on a, on a replay, um, he's got all of the ball. Both players have showing their studs in the challenge. Studs don't actually make contact with either player. And I think Don Goodman in the commentary got it right. Um, it was a very, uh, it was a hard yellow to, to, to quote him. It's, it's a very yellow card. Um, um, maybe even a yellow might have been a bit harsh because he got the ball. I even second guess myself now. I don't think it was a red, definitely not a red, but a foul in the yellow, even a little bit. Mm, yeah, well, I don't maybe. even think it's a foul. And I get it that it's a meaty challenge, but he's clearly got the ball and he's not endangering the player. I, I don't see how Gessamar is getting injured in that situation. Maybe by modern day standards, it's a yellow, but a straight red is outrageous, particularly when it's that early in the game. I always think yeah. if you're going to give a straight red that early in a game, it's got to be a pretty obvious one. Otherwise, you're massively hindering the team's chances of getting a result. And... I've seen replays of it. There is one we one replay where it looks a bit bad, but you know it's slowed down, and that's literally one angle out of a dozen where it looks bad. So you know, slow motion always makes it look worse than it actually yeah. was, and ultimately, it's cost hold of any chance of getting a result here, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. It's a, it's a frustrating one, and and Rossini was, you know, watching him on the touchline because he got a good view of it um, at, at Hillsborough with the with the camera angle. Yeah, he was very frustrated at the officiating throughout the game. Um, but yeah, as as this one, their game change decisions do need to be better. But at the same time, do sympathise a little bit with the referee. But it isn't a red. It isn't a red. It, it, it really isn't. Maybe if uh, maybe if players wore thicker shin pads than they do now. He, you know, Gasama wouldn't have felt the challenge as much as he as much as he did. Well, he didn't even really feel it, Justin, because he's fallen over at a, a bit of a strange angle. So he was just never getting hurt in that situation, which is another reason why I just don't see how it was a red at all. And I think even a yellow is a bit a bit of a harsh one. But it is five wins from eight for Sheffield Wednesday, and I'm going to put you on the spot here now, Justin. Uh, we've spoke about Huddersfield already. We will get on to QPR on Robin, but if you had to predict it right now. Which three teams are going down? Are you are you are you of the same opinion that of me of me that it will be three of the bottom four? No, I'm bringing Birmingham into the mix. I'm Ooh, not. Okay. The reason why I'm bring, if Birmingham get rid of Wayne Rooney, fine. I don't think they'll get relegated because I think the squad is too good. But as long as Wayne Rooney is in charge of Birmingham City, they are in danger of going down. The record speaks for itself while he's been in charge. Um, I, I, but I do agree. It's going to be three of the five. Um, that are down there, obviously including Birmingham. It's hard to make a case for Rotherham. You know, QPR have hit a slump, and um, you know, not seeing Elias Chair and Chris Wood quite click as consistently as they need to, and they concede goals so easily. Sheffield Wednesday though, under Danny Rule, I'm so inspired by them. Not even a Wednesday family, even in around the club, 
he's given me a great amount of confidence that they can be the team to get out of it, to get out of the the, the relegation zone. And obviously Huddersfield, they need to strengthen. That you know, everything depends on that. But Danny Raw and the job he's doing at Sheffield Wednesday. I mean, this game, you know, Hull are a good side, in form, good away team as well. Um, it was a, it was a really mighty mighty performance that gives you a lot of confidence that they can get out of the bottom three. See, Birmingham are the one that I'm gonna strongly disagree with you on there, Justin. I just think because let let's be honest. That squad should not be in this situation at all. No. Should it? it should be nowhere near that situation. I struggle to envisage a situation where they finish below two of the bottom four. Hmm. Um, and I, I get that Rooney is having an absolute stinker, but surely they won't let this drag on for that long that Birmingham are in actual serious danger of going down, would they? I don't know. I really don't know because they hired him in the first place. They got rid of a good sound manager that the squad liked. That you know, was a good character, and he was he was t- you know taking Birmingham into a good direction. And they hired someone who is a completely different personality, wants a completely different style of play, and it's not working. It's not clicking. And that manager is now sounding out his players, wants new ones. Doesn't sound like he's going to get sacked anytime soon. Um, it's a you know he's probably on a big contract and Birmingham have got the FFP profit and sustainability thing to think about as well because um, they were teetering close to the edge which is why they didn't invest too much in the squad in the summer uh, or, or too heavily I should say um, I can't I don't see him getting sacked in the next five or six weeks and that's a big important period of, uh, of time especially if you're in January and he's getting his plays and you know not the club getting you know a new manager's plays for example that's fair. That is fair. Um, for me, I'm going to stick with the current bottom three as things stand. I, I think that is in part because, as some of my followers on X, formerly known as Twitter, may know, I've got a lot of money riding on who goes down. And so I'm slightly <laughs> shitting myself over this relegation battle. But for me, it's three of the current bottom four. I don't think Birmingham will go down, no matter how bad it's going. And it's 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 been you know, the case that I think it'll be three of the bottom four. It's been like that for a long time. I just don't see it changing. I think the bottom four is of a pretty poor standard this season. I think Rotherham will definitely be in there. I seriously struggle to foresee a situation where there are three teams who finish below them. QPR seem to have hit a roadblock under Martis if you enters and have been playing woefully recently. Um, so I, I'm, I'm not too sure where I stand with them. Sheffield Wednesday, of course, have been brilliant recently. And the revival there... I imagine we'll be making a lot of people in Huddersfield very nervous. Whoever stays up, it may very well come down to who does the best business in January because they all need to strengthen, some more than others. But that could be a real decider for who survives because ultimately that's that's what needs to happen. Into All of them need to do business in January. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're desperate. They're desperate. Um, I think the only team that probably don't need to do business in January of the five teams we spoke about is Birmingham. Huddersfield need uh, a lot of depth. You know, Sheffield Wednesday need more quality in their starting eleven. Probably a little bit more athleticism as well. Uh, and QPR need more quality. The amount of goals they concede is is you know isn't ideal. And Rotherham, yeah, Rotherham, Rotherham at the moment they need they need a lot of quality as well. Yeah, January January is a make or break month for all of those teams. Absolutely. Quick note on Hull, they're reportedly in talks to sign Manuel Benson on them from Burnley. That would be a ridiculous signing if that comes off, wouldn't it? Um, Justin, let's take a quick break. After that, we'll round off the teams also in the bottom three and talk about one of the form teams in the division in Coventry City. Hey, 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the second tier podcast. So let's just round off the other teams in the bottom three. Justin Rotherham got their third point on the road this season. They came from behind twice to draw 2-2 away at Blackburn. I hate to be continuously negative about Rotherham, but this is another game where they didn't play particularly well. Got a point though. So I guess that's all that matters from their perspective. It helps when Blackburn's defence is the equivalent of a kitchen sieve. 48 goals conceded for the season. Six losses from eight now for them. They are very much out of form and have dropped down the table quite quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, something needs to change at Blackburn. QPR's poor form continued after they lost 2-1 at home to Cardiff. Two points from six games for them now. Feels like the police have been called on the Marty party a bit, doesn't it? Cardiff aren't a team in great form themselves. And if we don't see a good transfer window and a turnaround in form soon, it's hard to see how QPR survive this, it's got to be said. Cardiff, by the way, sit ninth. Only three points off the top six. They've lost six from their last 11. So I'm not entirely sure how that all adds up. What a player Dimitrios Gautas is, by the way. That man will head bricks. He has been... By far, Cardiff's best signing of the season, uh, perhaps in quite a few seasons, actually. Um, Let's talk about one of the teams level on points with Cardiff, who are in form, and that's Coventry City. They won 3-1 away at Middlesbrough. 21 points from an available 30 for Mark Robbins' boys. And Justin, they are the team to keep an eye on right now, aren't they? Because they are absolutely flying yeah they are you, you said it I, I said it they're a formidable, formidable team when they get going um, the switch to a 4-2-3-1 from Mark Robbins has been a massive stroke um, obviously he's you know, relied heavily in the championship seasons on a 3-5-2 um, or a variation of a, a three at the back formation but this 4-2-3-1 has just ticked along nicely and they've got so much quality going forward as well and it's being tapped into you look at Hadji Wright you look at Hadji Wright ridiculed made fun of in September, October and perhaps now he's one of the uh, division's form players with five goal contributions in four games he's now on the left hand side of course um, so I think Mark Robbins is just tapping into the quality that he's got at his team he's got a lot of it um, they're probably peaking late because it's taken the team time to get you know, to, to, uh, to gel and obviously the change of formation has worked it's just been you know, a master stroke in, in, in getting the season going because yeah they, they do it very well they start the season in uh, November December <laughs> it's frustrating that that is the case but that has been <laughs> the case now for two seasons in a row uh, 
for me, I don't think there's a team in the Championship I'm more excited about right now than Coventry City. We knew it was going to click for them eventually after a slow start. It was just a matter of when, really, because they were playing brilliantly, weren't mm-hmm. they? They just couldn't score. And now they're scoring for fun. And Hadji Wright was the one, wasn't he? He's missed some absolute sitters, but... Robbins has moved him out on the left wing, which has turned out to be a masterstroke. And now he's found the goal-scoring touch. I, I love Tatsuhiro Sakamoto on the oh. right wing as well. Um, he's great fun to watch. Great fun to say his name as well. He's now got five goals in four games. He has been in sensational form for Cov. And Callum O'Hare coming back into the team has been huge. Ben Sheaf, one of the best midfielders in the division for me. It's very exciting times for Coventry. And... They're bearing down on the top six, mm. aren't they? There's absolutely no reason why they can't copy what they did last season, maybe even go a step further. They are a team. They, they remind me of a team. Or a, yeah, you look, if you're talking about a Royal Rumble, they are they are the 27th pick, aren't they? They're coming in at 27th and they are mm. bowling 15 people out of the ring. They are bowling yeah. 15 people out of the ring until they're, left, they're, they're, they're the last man to standing, last team standing. They are just a remarkable, remarkable feat. And obviously, already mentioned wrestling, it's real in this scenario because Coventry are doing it. Yeah, and I'm very happy that you brought up that reference, Justin, because it's very timely. The Royal Rumble is it this is. January. And, you know, Kane, everyone knows Kane, don't they? Kane used to be the man who was the MVP when it came to Royal Rumbles. He used to just come in, start choke slamming everyone, you know, uppercutting people out of the ring, throwing everyone all over the shop. Coventry are Kane. The, the issue is, with Kane, he always did really well in the Royal Rumbles, but I don't think he ever actually won no, it. So it. that's what Coventry need to do and prove that they're better than Kane. They need to be a stone-cold Steve Austin in this situation and, you know, actually throw people over the top rope, but actually get the job done at the end of yeah, the day as absolutely. well. Um, I could not be happier that we've managed to spend the last two minutes talking about wrestling. Um, <laughs> there was a cracking game at Home Park, Plymouth 3, Watford 3, and Finazaz got the pick of the goals with a brilliant side foot volley. And Justin, you are a big fan of his, aren't you? I am. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm jumping on a bandwagon a little bit, but when we talk about players who are capable of just brilliant things in the final third, Finnezavs has to be in the conversation. He's got 12 goal contributions this season. He's just, he's 23 as well, so he's not exactly you know, a teenager, 20 years old coming through. So he's on loan from Aston Villa, getting into a team, that Aston Villa team who are apparently challenging for the Premier League title. Is he going to do that next season? Probably not. So he's, he's likely to be in the Championship once again. So it's another gem found by Luton, but it, it's just, again... Yeah, Plymouth, I'm sorry. It's a, another gem <laughs> and Luton just come in together in terms of um, when we're talking about cliches. Um, but yeah, the, the Finnezaz has got so much quality in the final third and, and his link-up play with the likes of Morgan Whitaker, Bally Mumba, Mustafa um, uh, Bunda, it's all brilliant. It's all brilliant. And um, yeah, I'm over I'm over Morgan Whitaker now, Finnezaz fan club over here. Who in their right mind, by the way, meets a volley with the side of it, the side of their foot like that? Nobody, nobody. Mm. What, what, what a finish. Yeah, the technique on that is insane, isn't it? I, I won't say we're over Morgan Whitaker yet, Justin, because he's still having a yeah. pretty remarkable season in itself. But his uh, his feats this season have kind of overshadowed players like Finazaz, but he has been genuinely phenomenal. I was looking at his underlying data. It's unbelievable. It, it just went completely under the radar for me how well he's done. I, I know he's been... Uh, like a, key man for Plymouth recently but his underlying data is 
outrageous, for, especially when he's a number eight, not mm. number 10, number eight. He's been one of the top creative players in the division, a brilliant dribbler too. And we're saying this all about a 23-year-old lad who has never played any higher than League One until the season. Yeah. So, you know, he doesn't offer much to the team when, it, when they don't have the ball, but you give him the ball and he makes things happen. And I reckon there'll be a number of championship clubs keeping a very close eye on him because you are absolutely right. He is 23. He is only on loan at Plymouth. They'll be desperate to get him back next season. But uh, based on how he's been doing recently, they'll struggle to get him back. I'm unfortunate to announce to Plymouth fans. Um, Sunderland beat Preston 2-0. Despite the win, they weren't amazing again here at Sunderland. It definitely felt like they weren't in any more than second gear. So I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing that they're still winning despite not playing particularly well. But it is four games, two wins, one draw and a loss for Mick Beale since moving to Wearside. They have a huge game in the FA Cup next weekend against Newcastle. So all attention turns to that for the time being. Four losses from five now for Preston and Ryan Lowe. How mad is it that the one win came against Leeds? Just <laughs> absolutely crackers. Four wins in 19, though, as well. And just in only two teams have picked up fewer points than Preston over the last 19 games. And the pressure on Ryan Lowe is intense. Just before Christmas, the owners did give him their backing. But do you think it's time for a change or not? It depends how you assess uh, Preston. Should they be should they be batting higher than where they are? Probably not. Should they be more consistent than they are? Absolutely. Um, I know a mid-table team isn't necessarily consistent, but they just they're so inconsistent. It's frustrating, um, and that's why I was surprised to hear pre- uh, pre-game pre-Sunderland, pre-Sunderland game. Ryan Lowe described 2023 as a good year. Yeah. I disagree. I think it's been a bit meh, a bit flat. You know, just in, may, may I may I put a theory out there that he's just trying to do his utmost best to wind Preston fans up as much as possible because it, it seems like he, he's doing that quite a lot it's a wild conspiracy theory but it does feel like he's trying to get on the skin of uh, skin of them I don't think he's doing it intentionally at all but uh, so I disagree with that one um, but the, the team just they concede a lot of goals they don't create a lot of chances and it's not a good recipe for success I know that's stating the obvious, but um, when you combine the fact that he's not very agile with his tactics either, don't see a lot of flexibility with Preston under Ryan Lowe. Should they be looking elsewhere? Maybe, maybe got one eye on him or uh, one one eye on somebody else because I think there are probably managers out there who can get more out of this Preston side than than maybe Ryan Lowe can. Yeah. It's not going very well. I think that's undeniable. I'm not sure how much this actually means, but it's a surprise for me to see they've actually got a minus 13 goal difference, which is the worst in the division outside of the bottom four. Um, And I think that's indicative of a side who have conceded the most goals in the league since the start of October and have never really been the most free scoring, have they? Particularly under Ryan Lowe. So it's quite the drop off and Preston fans are understandably concerned. I think if you look at it without context, then... You look at the table and the fact that Preston sit 14th isn't actually that bad. It's just that obviously things have been pretty poor recently at both ends of the pitch and the form has really dropped off considering how they started the season. The thing is for me though, I still rate Ryan Lowe as a manager. And I think if they were to get rid, he would do a great job somewhere else. So I'm not really sure how I feel about, you know, whether it's time for a change or not. Mm, yeah, my opinion is changing a little bit, Ryan Lowe, mainly because of his tactical inflexibility or his his ability, inability to change systems, um, to maybe tap into 
different qualities of this squad. Um, you look at Mark Robbins, he's, he does it frequently. He's gone from a 3-5-2 to a 4-2-3-1 and then rocketed up with the table. I know it was always going to be inevitable for them, but can Ryan Lowe do, Ryan Lowe do the same thing? Don't think so. And Perhaps he's only good well, just spell. A, just a, let, let me ask you a different question then. Who could Preston realistically get in who you think would do better than Ryan Lowe? I'm not saying there's no one out there who could possibly do better than Ryan Lowe, but who, who would you realistically think they should go for? I like Tony Mowbray. I really do like Tony Mowbray. And he's got uh, he's got um, a history of making clubs into a better outfit than than what they previously were. Um, and now Preston have invested in their attack. So why not go for a manager who has a history of improving um, improving squads and improving individuals and creating a lot of assets for, for a side? Um, again, the, I don't want to hit the usual suspects like the John Eustaces, but I do think there are better managers out there who, who are not as tactically inflexible as Ryan Lowe, who may be able to get a little bit more out of this Preston side than he does. Yeah, well, I think that's fair. I... I will reiterate, I don't think there's, you know, not a soul out there who can, who's realistic for Preston, who yeah, can yeah, do yeah. better than what Ryan Lowe's doing. Um, but I, 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 I don't think it's, there's an obvious, I don't think Preston are a side who are like obviously underperforming, if you see what I mean. No, yeah, I get that. But I think it's also worth pointing out that just getting a manager in who's not going to piss the fans off might also be a good start. <laughs> It'd be a good start, wouldn't it? Although, for me, being a very cynical man, I am quite enjoying it at the same time. Back-to-back <laughs> um, -back goals for Liam Cullen. Saw Swansea beat West Brom 1-0. It's just Swansea's fourth win in 15. They're 16th after this result. The very handsome caretaker boss, Alan Sheehan, has said the club's search for a new manager could conclude this week. It has been four weeks since Michael Duff got the sack, but Sheehan says he believes they're closer to an appointment. Man United coach Eric Ramsey has been touted as a contender. So watch this space. A bit of a blow for West Brom. Jeremy Sarmiento has been recalled from his loan by Brighton. He wasn't necessarily playing much, but was a good option off the bench and leaves them a bit short when it comes to attacking depth for West Brom. So uh, they'll be wanting to strengthen again in January. But of course, as we keep saying, don't have a tremendous amount of funds do they with uh, the takeover not being done and dusted yet but uh, we'll wait and see with that and the final game of uh, the first game week of 2024 was Millwall who made it three runs on the bounce with a 3-1 victory away at Bristol City Sean Hutchinson scoring the winner in the 92nd minute set piece goals no goal conceded in four games three wins on the bounce Millwall are back baby You've missed out the fact that the, the winner caused a brawl as well. <laughs> Millwall are back. Come on, Millwall are back. You've mentioned all of those and it caused a brawl. They are back. Joe Edwards is cooking finally. <laughs> finally. The, the, the thing is though, Justin, this is, this is the Millwall that we are used to, isn't it? They've really tightened up at the back end of thoroughly earned those clean sheets in that time. Earlier in the season, they weren't defending in the way that we usually associate with Millwall sides, but it's been so much better recently. And if you keep it tight at the back, it's always likely results will turn your way sooner rather than later. And it's good to see Joe Edwards finally getting a tune out of this Millwall team, isn't it? Yeah, speaking speaking like a true Guy Rowett disciple there, Ryan. Clean sheets, always got to go for clean sheets. But you, it, it is true, it is true. You've got to build your team on signing foundations. And, you know, he had a rocky start. And to be honest with you, the Millwall's form has has turned me around a little bit on Joe Edwards because I was sceptical. But there is a blend there that um, that is going in the right direction. Even when they were losing games, 
you could see what they were trying to do. Uh, and Millwall fans are, are fully behind Joe Edwards, and that's what they need. They need a, a manager they can get, uh, get behind. They need to be keeping clean sheets, winning away games, and causing brawls. That is, that is peak Millwall. Yeah, I'm not sure about the brawls bit, but I take your point. He had a rocky start, didn't he? But we should all want homegrown coaches to succeed in their first job in management because Lord knows England doesn't have a great record with making its own managers at the highest level. So hopefully this continues for Joe Edwards. Hopefully this is the start of a climb up the table. It's worth saying they're not a million miles off the playoffs. What is it? It's just eight points off the top six. I would still consider that quite a lengthy long shot at this stage. But, you know, I wouldn't put it completely out of the question if they were to go on a bit of a run of form between now and the end of the season. So we'll wait and see. Justin, there we go. We have the festive period over and done with. A lot of football to cover in that time, but I think we did a fantastic job, Peachy. Yeah, now we can breathe a little bit and go into the, oh, oh, the January transfer window. Yes. Good times. Yeah. Good bloody times. <laughs> no rest for the wicked. And we are certainly, certainly very wicked. Uh, of course, uh, with that now being said, it means... The January transfer window is now here. And so to mark the occasion in our next episode, just tonight, we'll be going through championship clubs, talking about where they need to strengthen in January to meet their aspirations. That will be coming out on Thursday. So you have that to look forward to very, very soon, ladies and gentlemen. So we'll look forward to seeing you then. As always, this has been the Second Tier Podcast. If you wouldn't mind giving us a five-star review on whichever podcast platform you listen to us on, helps us go a long way to getting bigger as a podcast it's been a great 2023 for us here and we're incredibly thankful to everyone who has supported us along the way hopefully 2024 is even better fingers crossed this has been the second tier podcast i've been ryan dilks happy just a peach and a big big thank you for listening Second Tier is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.